Welcome back to another episode of the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast. This is episode three of what we like to say keto for the extreme physique culture. Everything to do with hard training within a primal ketogenic or even, uh, dare I say, ancestral health style low carbohydrate nutrition protocol or to whittle it down even further, what some might call keto for badasses. And I'm honored to be here as your humble host once again. And uh, we're going to jump right in today. I've got a few topics to cover. We've went through some big topics on episodes one and two, kind of setting the table for everything that that kind of goes into what we do and what we're all about. Uh, episode one, we talked a little bit about my story and what brought me here through the whole bodybuilding culture of the crazy 90s. We talked about some of the uh, initial groundwork of what my ketogenic bodybuilding hybrid nutrition training protocol looked like, kind of the broad strokes. And then on episode two, we walked through a very popular document that I have called the Rules of Engagement. There are seven of those. And we kind of walked through that document and I expanded a little bit on each one. And uh, and uh, hopefully that brought some things into focus for all you guys. And today uh, we're going to we're going to simplify things a little bit today. So not a whole lot scripted today. Um, we're going to talk about uh, what it's like going into a gain phase. Now, I know I, I get tons of questions about cuts. Everybody wants to get shredded and ripped and just, you know, super peeled. And, and I get that. That's a wonderful thing. But, you know, if I have started this podcast back in the spring, you know, when people are trying to get ready to, to shed all their hard work, coming into the spring and summer months, then that'd be one thing. And it's okay. You know, I still have a lot of people in a cut. A lot of my clients are still doing that. A lot of people still want to get lean in me. And that's great. And we're here to help you do that. And we talked a lot about that in episodes one and two, but um, coming into the fall and winter months, which is my favorite time to train hard. Um, you know, we call it uh, hard training, hoodies, beards, you know, meat and just, you know, violent, tr hard freaking training, you know, in the winter months. And I, you know, just kind of become a, a monk uh, from the fall all the way through the cold winter months and really banging out hard in the gym. And it's, and it's a good time, especially for people who are competing to take that time to really focus on trying to pack on as much muscle and, you know, balance some body parts out and really try to, to work on the best physique they possibly can. Because as we get into the 2021 competition season, I really think, you know, I was talking to my good friend, Melvin Howell, uh, who's going to be a guest coming up real soon. We, we chat a lot and have been chatting a lot recently about this, the state of the bodybuilding world. And we think that 2021 is going to be a big year because 2020 has been such a screwed up year because of all the shit that's been going around the world and contests that have either been you know canceled or rescheduled. And it's just thrown a big wrench in the works for everybody. And it's just been a crazy year. And I think if we can, God, hopefully, return to some kind of freaking normalcy next year and we get a, a just a typical slate of competition seasons, um, then I think a lot of people are gonna come out and really try to make up for what they didn't get to do in 2020 or because of such, such a screwed up year. And, and um, the cool thing about that, well, first of all, you know, typically in the body, if you're not familiar with the bodybuilding competition world, now, now I did talk about in episode one that, you know, bodybuilding is whatever that means to you. And there's, you know, to, to take the term bodybuilding, which is just simply 
training and eating to build the best body that you possibly can, whatever that means to you, whatever that looks like in your head, whatever reflection you want that pleases you, that, you know, that that's bodybuilding. And that's not to be confused with competitive bodybuilding or a professional bodybuilder. Now, if you're into the sport of bodybuilding, which I am, and I have been for most of my adult life, then uh, it's a, it's just like if you're an NFL fan or, or a, a baseball fan, this season, this year has been a huge letdown because of all the politics and bullshit that goes along with it. And quite frankly, a lot of people are just, they're, they're you know, they're, they're, they're kind of depressed with the whole thing, and, the, and the, but they're not even turning it on. And, and the ratings are down and the seasons are screwed up. And so if we can return to some normalcy next year, that'd be nice. And I think a lot of people are, are going to want to kind of make this return back to normalcy in the bodybuilding and competition world, whether that be just, uh, you know, whatever division that means to you. And, um, well, I'm not going to call this an official announcement, but, um, I just alluded to it yesterday in the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group. And if you're not a member, please join. It's a good group of people and it's growing leaps and bounds by the day. I, uh, I back in two, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, 2019, in October was fortunate enough uh, to win my class at a NPC national qualifying competition. I won the 50 plus heavyweight class. I took first place in that, which was a great honor. And then uh, uh, I also, which I'm very proud of this, uh, took first place in the heavyweight open uh, division, which is all ages. It's every heavyweight, regardless of age. So it was quite an honor and it was very humbling to be able to compete against some very solid competition and know that I came out on top at uh, the age of 50 when I was literally competing with guys that were in their 20s and 30s. So that was a really, really huge honor for me. And that was kind of a surprise, <laughs> but because uh, we're all our own worst, worst critic. And even when you're competing, if you've ever competed, you, you probably know this. You know, what you see in the mirror and what you see on competition day is not what everybody else sees because, you know, we all think we look terrible and we could have done more and we could have done this. But thankfully, uh, I did bring a fairly good package to the stage and the judges saw it that way. Thank the Lord. And, and I qualified for nationals. That's the ability to compete in a national competition. Um, what happens at a national competition is, well, you, you, A, you get to compete against the best of the best. Uh, and um, for the really gifted out there, the, uh, if you win your class or the overall of the show, you uh, get what's called a pro card. You actually turn professional. You're no longer an amateur. You're now a professional. Not that I have ever had any aspirations for doing that. I'm a realist. I'm 51 years old. And by the time I compete next year, um, I'll be 52. Um, but however, um, I will have the honor and privilege of saying that I competed against some of the best in a, in a national show. And there's only a handful of national shows in the United States each year. So it gives me an opportunity to have that experience and compete against some of the best of the best. And some of those people are, you know, working their asses off to try to turn pro. And when you turn pro, you become, you become what's called an IFBB pro. And you then have the ability to compete in professional uh, bodybuilding competitions where you don't just get a medal anymore or a trophy, but now you actually can compete to get paid, to, you know, to win, to win cash prizes, which is a really cool honor and a privilege to be a pro. So 
my qualification is active. Uh, my understanding is that it's active through next year. And um, so I want to go ahead, I think, and, you know, kind of jump into that and, and turn the machinery back on and, and jump back into contest prep, which would mean, you know, that there, I'm looking at a couple national shows. And if all the shows go back to the normal months that they usually do, everything's been disrupted this year because of the stupid, you know, quote, virus, end quote. Um, if everything goes back to normal, there's one uh, late spring, like in May, and then there's another big one in July. And, and both of those sound really appealing to me. So whichever one I do or both or whatever, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely under a year away. You, you know, you're talking uh, less than, you know, eight, eight months or so, I guess. And uh, so that pretty much means... You know, if you're going to do this, you get your ass in gear. And like I said, I haven't 100% committed, but usually anybody that around me is already like, yeah, whatever, man. Uh, if I say I've all but practically committed, that probably means I've committed. And I think the reason I'm being reluctant and making it official is because I think we're all so freaking gun shy with this year. It's like we're, we're all waiting for the next shoe to drop, the next freaking, you know, catastrophe. Like I'm waiting for the fucking alien invasion, you know, and, and everything to disrupt everything. But I don't, I don't even, I don't even know why I'm thinking that because even if for some reason something were to happen, there's certainly nothing wrong by training and eating like I'm going to do this competition in 2021. So, all right, screw it. Um, my goal is to do it. You know, I'm not getting any younger. You only get so many of these opportunities. And I just, I, I miss being in contest prep. Uh, it's something that I really have been enjoyed being, you know, completely steeped in for the last six years or so. And I'm already missing it. I'm already, and people are like, what are you out of your freaking mind? You're missing, you know, killing yourself in the gym and starving yourself in the cut and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I miss it. It's crazy, but I do. I, if I don't have a goal, then I, I, I feel empty. I really feel empty. And, you know, even though I, I love training and I like eating clean and experimenting with all that, it's just, it's, it, it's echoed, you know, it's, it's amplified when I know that I'm doing it for a particular goal or for a reason like competition. So screw it. You people are the first to hear it apart from my wife and my training partners and, and my buddy Melvin, who helps me with a lot of the contest prep. He's my second set of eyes. He's the guy that gives me doses of reality and comes in and says, you know, you look great. You look like shit or whatever. Do this, do that. Think about doing this, get your head out of your butt, you know, slaps me around a little bit, uh, shows up at some workouts, pushes me hard along with my incredible training partners. So, uh, we're turning on the levers and switches and buttons and, and, and getting back into this. So that was a lot of, a lot of buildup, wasn't it? Um, so what does that mean? That means, okay. So I looked through the calendar and I'm looking to do a essentially three and a half, you know, essentially three and a half, four month build phase or gain phase. Um, that means, you know, me looking at the calendar early September, basically now um, through you know September, October, November, December means and we hey. You got, we learned this on episode two. You're either cutting or you're gaining. So you choose one and act accordingly. So I'm choosing to go into a gain phase because I'm looking to compete next year. And so I need to be in a caloric surplus. 
Not okay. And let me qualify that. I'm, as I've said, you know, I'm in the old geezer division. I'm, I'm 51 years old. I'll be 52 in November. So I'm not unrealistic and I know my body. I really know my body. I know where I've screwed up, where I could have improved. And so now I'm hoping to take that to an, another level through this contact, uh, contest preparation. So, uh, but I know realistically at my age, you can't really put on a ton of muscle. You know, I'm on the other end of that, but it goes a long way to preserve and sort of improve on the current state of muscularity that I have. And I can put on a little bit, you know, absolutely you can put on a little bit. And I can recomp maybe a little bit that I've lost since I won my classes back in October of 2019. So, and I'm already seeing that. And I think I mentioned that. Um, I've already upped my calories. I've already increased my meal frequency to every two and a half, three hours, and I'm already feeling more full. Uh, uh, I'm starting to put on a little bit of weight and it doesn't look like I'm recomping uh, um, basically what is flattened out a little bit after I subdued everything after the last competition. And I can already see some great changes coming. I mean, I'm 220 pounds and I know that if I increase my calories, and I know if I take my training to the level that I'm accustomed to, that it, that everybody expects from me, then you know I, I see myself back up to that 230 to 235 that I always seem to get to, you know, year after year. That's kind of where my genetics seem to sort of land after I've given it everything I had. So, um, so I'm turning all that on again and realizing I'm not going to put on a ton of muscle, but I do want to recomp everything that I've had. And maybe, you know, work on some weak areas, you know, not to bore you to death with it, but I'd like to add a little bit of thickness to my back. Uh, I'd like to add some to my traps, my trapezius muscles. You can always improve on legs, always. Um, so, and I'm, you know, I'm always trying to improve triceps. That's one of my favorite body parts. I'm always trying to, to make that a little bigger. And I'm already kind of changing the way I look at some of my training. I've also got to be very safe because of my age. So, you know, I'm making sure that nothing is haphazard or everything. I'm, I'm essentially making sure everything is freaking perfect. And you have to do that at, at this level if you take it as seriously as I do and I intend to. So I'm going into a gain phase for September, October, November, December. And then I'm probably going to start to just kind of cruise through January and start slowly titrating down the calories uh, in January. So whatever that is, and I, uh, you know, as I get into January, I may you know subtract 100 calories, you know, a, a day for a couple of weeks, and then I may drop another hundred, and then slowly keep slowly you know arcing that down. Um, and still training really hard. And then when I get to the point where I'm around 12 weeks, then it's going to drop into a really hard discipline cut like I normally do. That's when the suffering really begins. So that's the plan right now. And, and since I don't exactly know what the date of the show is going to be or where we're going to be going, will it be South Carolina? Where will it be, you know, Pennsylvania, whatever? Um, but I do have a roundabout idea of where it's going to be enough to know 
September, October, November, December of 2020 is going to be my serious build phase, gain phase, and then I'll start to sort of slowly, intelligently titrate that down starting in January until, and then when I absolutely know when I have a goal date set, then I'll go into a very hard cut at 12 weeks out, and I hope to already be fairly lean when I do hit that 12 weeks so I can really dial in the most lean, conditioned, hard physique that I've ever had. And that's, that's my goal. And I've always sort of been blessed with, you know, as my, my buddy Melvin says, you know, you don't look 50 from the neck down and that's can sometimes be a rarity. So thanks mom and dad for the genetics. And uh, so I hope to once again, capitalize on that because I know that my, my days are numbered for doing this kind of stuff. And, uh, and again, lastly, and I've, I've mentioned this at well, every t- as well, every time I go through a contest preparation, it just makes me a better coach. It really does. Because I'm going on all cylinders. I'm not only you know working diligently on myself, but I'm, I'm back in the trenches and I'm learning and I'm experimenting and I'm studying and talking to other people and researching everything. And all of that accumulation of additional knowledge just makes me a better coach and makes me able to bring out the absolute best in all of my clients online and in the gym that, that put their faith in me. So uh, the great thing about it is it just makes me a better coach. And the last thing, is is I have an amazing support system. I really do. Um, my wife uh, is hands down, you know, the, the queen of bodybuilding prep wives. In fact, I think she gets as I think she has as much fun helping me as I do doing it. I mean, she loves to help me meal prep. She loves to you know keep me disciplined. You know, she will. You know, she will set me straight if I'm slapping or slacking. She will, you know, punch me in the mouth and say, hey, get your shit together. I mean, when I'm doing a competition, you know, after the prejudging, she's flying backstage. She's showing me pictures and she's telling me to get my head in the game and she's keeping me focused. So I couldn't have a better wife, you know, and we've been we've been together for 25 years. So we're that crazy couple that completes each other's sentences. So uh, she's a phenomenal support system. I've got phenomenal workout partners that will never let me down, that will push me and push me at every workout. I've got a great sort of, what I would call sort of a co-coach who helps me with all the X factors, Melvin, that I talked about in episode one, who's gonna be a guest soon. We're gonna sit down and talk about all things bodybuilding, talk about the old days too. So that's gonna be a fun one coming up. But I've got this great support system. I've got my own gym to train in. You know, My kitchen is always clean and filled with the right foods and I've got people around to help and my daughter loves it. And this time I think my grandson's gonna love the ride. So I'm really excited. So hopefully it'll all work out and the world won't blow up and I can do this next year. So going Going into a gain phase, what does that look like? Well, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna pretend like I'm not me, <laughs> kinda, to a degree, and how I would approach this, because this is gonna help you just as a podcast listener. Now, my clients, they get the benefit of me dialing in their nutrition for them. Uh, and I've got a pretty cool calculator, and then I run my own numbers and, and you know, dial it in using all my years of experience to help set their macros for them. And then I'm available to make adjustments and answer questions as we go. But I'm, I'm giving it to you today as this, as a podcast listener, not maybe not necessarily a client, but I'd love to have you as a client, you know, and you know that. So, you know, hey, be my client, sign up. But um, 
uh, I do have some spots available. But anyway, so as a podcast listener, I want you to know what it would look like, the nuts and bolts of this would look like on your end, using me as an example, as like, I'm listening to this podcast, and then I take the advice. So step one, gain phase. I know that for me, it's going to have to be about eating. And I'm going to have to be a shark. I'm going to have to eat a lot. There's no intermittent fasting in a gain phase. There's no one meal a day in a, in a gain phase if you're trying to compete. It's about eat, eat, eat. And just this morning, we had a, a brutal chest and triceps workout this morning, which will be in the trenches tomorrow, uh, the, the membership for, for you know members. Um, my buddy Melvin was here and, and he was pushing me and my workout partners were pushing me. And at the end we were, you know, going through chit chat Melvin's like, okay, you know, it's time, it's time. You got to get your head in the game. And as he always does, what's the last thing he reminds me, eat, go eat. Have you eaten? How many meals have you had today? Are you eating every two and a half to three hours? Go eat. We want you big this time. We, we want to get you prepared. We want to take it to another level. We want to show them something they haven't seen before. We want to show them a 52 year old, 52 year old, that'll stack up against a freaking 22 year old. You know, he's, he's a motivating guy. So he's telling me, yeah, you got to 233 last prep, let's get to freaking 240. And I'm th- sitting here crunching the numbers of how many calories I'd have to take in and how hard I'm gonna have to train to get to that point. But that's okay, because I like challenges. So, um, you know, so let's say I decide to go on this gain phase, I, I need to calculate some nutrition. I need, to, I need to get into a caloric surplus. What does that look like? Well, first of all, you're gonna wanna know what your TDEE is. That would be, be my first step as a podcast listener that's trying to take it to another level with putting on some muscle size and go through that uh, very important gain phase. So in other words, if I go and do a search engine, you know, I go into Google, DuckDuckGo, whatever, and I pull up TDEE, which is Total Daily uh, Energy Expenditure Calculator. You're going to get freaking 35 different websites that are, they say they're offering a TDEE calculator, which is fine. So what I did in preparations for this podcast is I went through like 10 of them and I put in all of my information and I basically got 10 different numbers. They were all very close um, some were within, you know, 10 calories, some were within 300 calories. And the point I'm trying to make is, is there's no perfect macros calculator. It just doesn't exist. So don't put your full faith into that. Even after you make some calculations, whether you do in my method that I'm going to tell you today, or use another calculator, even after you get those numbers, you're going to have to really dial it in on your own. You're going to have to go through a couple weeks of eating log what happens and then make adjustments as needed. You may realize that that TDEE might've been, looked like it might've been a little heavy. You're a little too uh, high into the caloric surplus and you're, you're putting on too much fat too quickly and not just muscle. Or if you're in a cut, you know, maybe it's not coming off as quickly. Maybe the calculation was wrong. Maybe you need to dial it down another hundred calories. So you got to keep playing with it. Okay. So when I plugged in my TDE and all the different calculators, I'm going to go kind of work. I'm going to give you the example of two of the extremes. One of them said that my total daily energy expenditure being a a 51 year old male at 220 pounds at five foot 11, that's me. um, One said I should be, my TDEE was 2,438 calories, which that's probably ballpark, you know, Um, because, but the thing is they, even though I put in there, my activity is you know lift, lifting intensely, but having a fairly sedentary job. And you think, oh, sedentary job? You work in a gym. Yeah, I walk around a gym all day telling everybody else what to do, and I'll lift some plates here and there. 
But, you know, no, it's not sitting behind a desk, but it's not like I'm digging trenches all day either. So I would I would call it fairly moderate at best with, uh, you know, with, you know, four very high intense workouts thrown in and a little bit of moderate cardio. So not much more in terms of caloric burn, per se, than most people. I mean, I'm probably going to burn more during my actual workouts because of my level of intensity, but I also have to factor in and calculate my age as well. So, you know, all these things come into play and we're all different. So the one calculator says I'm 2438. There were several other that had somewhere in that ballpark of the 2500 range. And then I had one that had me at 2820 calories. And I had a couple TDE calculators that had me sort of more in that range, the 27, 2800 category. So if I'm taking those two numbers, I'm going to set those aside for now. And now I'm going to use my very generic but time-tested calculation for gain phase macros doing more of a primal ketogenic diet. So as I mentioned, you know, in episode two, in terms of protein, I'm a heavy lifting strength training guy. I'm a bodybuilder. So my protein requirements are going to be far more than the average person and the fact that I have been eating a higher protein diet and training hard for nearly 30 years, my body has been, you know, built to absorb protein. It's so used to it and it just sucks it up like a sponge. When I increased my protein over the last couple of weeks and brought my meal frequency back up again, I instantly started to see a change in my body. I felt harder, denser. I started to fill out my, my shirt sleeves got tighter. Even my wife was saying, wow, it's, it's, it's coming back to life, you know? So I know how my body works. So I calculate 1.5 grams of protein per pound of my body weight, 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And with fat intake, which is going to be, you know, I need those calories and I need that energy from fat because carbohydrates are generally low. I do 0.75 grams of fat per pound of body weight. And then I allocate somewhere between 30 and 50 grams of carbohydrate. Now I will take in a little bit more carbohydrate on a gain phase. And I'm going to explain that shortly when I tell you about my targeted ketogenic uh, protocol of sprinkling carb, the way I do carbs around workouts, but I'll get to that. So if I take my protein, I'm a 220 pound guy. So if I take 220 pounds at protein has four calories per gram. So at 220 pounds at 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight, that has me at 330 grams of protein. Some might say, Oh, that's excessive. Well, not for me. Okay. It might be for some, but it's not for me. And some would say, oh, it's all going to turn into glucose via gluconeogenesis. Shut up, Kenny. We don't need your input here. We've already covered that. Put down the magazine and back slowly away from it. Okay, bye-bye. Um, so it's got me at 1,320 calories coming from protein at 330 grams, four calories per gram. There you go. So fat, if I take my body weight, 220 pounds, multiply that times um, 0.75 grams per pound of body weight that has me at 165 grams of fat 165 grams at nine calories per gram for fat that puts me at 1485 calories coming from fat so my protein and my fat calories 
are almost 50 50 that they they and most people's usually are somewhere close to 50 50. so i'm going to have a nearly equal percentage of protein and fat so when you do percentages you don't do percentages you know you don't say i'm going to take in you know 30 percent protein you know 60 percent. no you do grams per pound of body weight if you do the 1.5, if you're a hard training bodybuilding type, um, and then you do the fat at 0.75, you're going to come out calorically at very close to 50-50. And with the carbs added in, it's usually somewhere around like 46% protein, 47% fat, and the remaining 68% being carbohydrate. So... I've got, I'm at 1,320 calories coming from protein. I'm at 1,485 calories coming from fat. And if I did 30 grams of carbohydrate, then that's, you know, 200 calories coming from carbs. But I even allow a little more for that in a gain phase. And I I will explain that. So if I take just that initial calculation, okay, my 1320 protein, my 1485 fat, and another 200 calories coming from carbs, that's got me at 3,010 calories. Okay, so that's 3,000, definitely a surplus. It's not a huge one, but then again, um, I'm fairly fine-tuned. I've been doing this shit a long time, and I, I know what's going to work for me. At the end of the day, just based on the six meals that I had and how I feel before I go to bed, I know, all right, I'm sitting at a surplus. I've nourished myself properly. I've left nothing to chance. This was a good day. And I know instinctively, intuitively, at the end of the day before I'm about to go to bed, I didn't take enough calories in. I'm not feeling dialed in. I missed something today. This wasn't my best day. I just know. I've been doing this too freaking long. And then when you do it for yourself and you do it for thousands of clients, you develop these instincts. And I've told you about those instincts. So at the end of the day, that's 3,010 calories. Now, if I take that TDEE calculation from the one calculator that had me at at a high TDEE, 2820, um, I'm still at 190 calories surplus. So I'm still in a surplus. If I go with the TDEE calculation that I got, that was 2438 calories. Um, then that's got me at a at a at a de- or excuse me at a um, surplus of like 572 calories. Both surpluses, just one's a lot more than the other. So, you know, the way I see it, I'm happy with that 3,000 because I know I've got a surplus covered either way. Regardless of what TDEE I choose, I'm covered. So I definitely always want to go, I want to take that high calculation for sure. And as long as I'm exceeding that high calculation, I know I'm going to be in a surplus. So then I'm going to do that 3,010 calories every day, divided up into what generally comes out to like six meals because I'm eating every two and a half to three hours. And uh, so I'm going to do that. With my hard training, I'm in a four-day split right now. I'll talk about that in a second, too. I'm in a four-day split, taking in 3,010 calories a day, making sure that I get at least eight hours sleep at night. Adequate recovery is critical. And then I'm going to see what my weight looks like, what my appearance looks like in the mirror. I'm literally going to look at this stuff you know, every couple of days for a week or two. And I'm going to go by that, you know, instinctual thing that I talked about. How do I feel at the end of the day? I just know at the end of the day, if I'm nailing this or not. And one of the things about it is, is I feel a little uncomfortable. You know, it's like, Jesus, a lot of food, you know, 
Uh, but that's okay. I mean, I'm 51 now, but you heard the story in episode one. There was a time where I was taking an eight to 10,000 calories a day. But if, you, if you're doing some sort of a ketogenic style diet, you're also going to know that when you subtract those carbohydrates, you don't crave food as much. So putting in a lot of calories does become more of a, uh, it's harder to do. It's more of a challenge when you're not hungry. And thank God I'm training hard. So that that does stimulate hunger to some degree. It's a damn good thing I like meat because I'm having to eat a shit ton of it to get into that over 3000 calorie surplus. So anyway, I'm gonna do the 3010 calorie surplus for a week or two and really track what's happening with my body. And I just know if it's gone right or if I know it's gone wrong. I will know after a week or two, it's not enough. It's not enough calories. This this isn't working well for me. How I feel, how I sleep, how I look after my workouts, how I look the next morning when I wake, all of these things factor in. So after two weeks, I may say, I need to go up 100 or 200 calories. So I'll try that. Or I may say, it's a little too much. I'm spilling over a little faster than I normally would. Lord knows I don't want to go into a dirty bulk like I talked about, you know, last time. So I might dial it back 100 and just keep turning the knobs on that. And I'm telling you within 30 days, easily inside of 30 days, I'm going to know if I'm on track. Okay. I know I'm on track. So there's my gain. There's my surplus. I'm going to stick with that. Turn the knobs on it based on just literal daily experimentation, doing my thing. You know, and, and yeah, I weigh my foods, you know, I measure everything. I use the MyFitnessPal app and I scan the barcodes. I weigh the meat, you know, I, I do everything. And I want to know what does this good day look like on paper? So when I know at the end of the day, man, dude, you dialed it in. This is, you're on the right track. Okay, we're in a prep now. This is serious. This isn't bullshit. This is serious shit you're going to compete and now it's going to be at a national level competition uh, the best of the best you know in the amateur realm you can't screw around dude so you know i will be honest with myself and then i'll reach out and ask some some close friends who know the business and say hey critique the shit out of me dude what do you think as well here's where i think i'm at and then if we all kind of if the round table kind of you know meets and says mm-hmm, that, that we were on the right track then i keep i keep working with that and you know my goal even take it harder and harder and harder, work out harder, train harder, rest harder, recover, listen to my body, all those things that we've talked about. So that's how I set the surplus. Okay. Now what you're, if you do that, if you're like me out there, if you're like a a guy or a woman, that's just, you know, wanting to be a freaking machine, you want to be an animal and you're going to go through, through the same thing. Here's what you're going to find out real quick, especially if you're tracking. Damn dumping all those carbs to take advantage of the the ketogenic effects. uh, It's hard to get that many calories. You know, it's not, you know, I mean, I guess some people can eat two steaks at a sitting, but it's hard. It's hard to put the calories in there. So what do I do to try to make sure I'm getting enough calories? Well, first of all, it is easier in a gain phase because it's whole legs, it's ribeyes, it's, pork chops it's you know fattier meat chicken sometimes you know it's uh you know you don't have to you're not terrified with everything that you eat because it may have more than 
your perfect you know, amount of grams of fat or carbohydrate because you're in a deep cut and everything's coming down to a close. I know that I can be a little bit more liberal with the with the proteins and fats that I take in because I got to pack in a lot of calories in a day here. But there are some challenges. So like I said, don't be afraid of whole legs. Don't be afraid of fattier cuts of steak. You know, slightly higher fatty percentage of ground beef. Um, you know, dark meat chicken, you know, like I said, whole legs, I'll, I'll do six to eight whole legs every single morning, no matter what. And then, you know, at, at 5am as I'm walking into the gym, I come into the gym at 4.30am every day to get ready for my 5am client. My 5am client will tell you there isn't a day I don't have a shaker bottle in my hand sucking down 50 grams of protein. Now in a gain phase, there's something else added to that protein. I kind of already alluded to this. I add MCT oil because if you want a tip or a trick of how you can add some clean burning rocket fuel calories to your diet, that's not going to spill over or, or you know, uh, affect you adversely that you're only going to get benefit from MCT oil is the way to go. And I even see it in my own Facebook group. Oh, you don't need MCT oil. That's just pure fat. Why would you do? Might as well just eat a stick of butter. I don't want to hear that shit. Okay. It's, it's a completely different animal. MCT oil. Now you, when you get MCT oil, you want to get what's called the C8 medium chain triglyceride C8 MCT oil. And the C stands for caprylic acid. If you, when, when coconut oil, uh, MCT oil is derived from coconut oil. They take it through a process called fractionization and, and, you know, in a, in a factory, they process the very healthy, very beneficial coconut oil. And they, through this process of factor fractionization, they kind of separate the molecules and, and basically refine it down to its purest forms and they can even separate it. And they extract, uh, if you get a C8, just caprylic acid, they've extracted just that C8 from the coconut oil through the processing. C8 MCT is like clean burning jet fuel, okay? It's the likelihood of it storing as body fat, it's not gonna turn into ass fat, okay? If you're in a lower carb environment and you're training hard, uh, I'm, Imagine I'm looking you dead in the eye with my hands on your shoulders. Very serious look. It won't store. MCT oil in its C8 form is a preferred energy source that your body metabolizes very quickly and efficiently, okay? It's gonna go directly into the mitochondria of your muscle like glucose does and burn as an immediate energy source in the body. So if you're low carb and you're even lower fat, if you're in a cut, it's very beneficial. Or if you're low carb and you're trying to get all those excess calories from a gain phase in, it's a great way to add those additional calories in without stuffing your face and feeling like you can't move. There's like 130 calories per tablespoon. So three tablespoons of that a day, I mean, that goes a long way for an extremely small amount of, uh, of liquid, of oil, you know, just three servings of that a day has got me nearly an extra 400 calories right there. And it's not gonna bog you down or slow you down, it's gonna, it's gonna energize you, okay? And so don't poo-poo, Captry, Mickey T, all these different versions of the C8 MCT. I have been using that shit since 1994, ever since 
a bodybuilding powerlifting coach legend John Perillo turned me on to it and he told me I trained at his gym you know I got to work with him I got to study under him he was a mentor and uh, you know he told me he puts all of his bodybuilders on it both gain phase and uh, during a cut and he was a carb guy you know he had him eating tons of carbs too but he knew the benefits of it for hard training and what he really knew is that when you're in a deep cut and you're cutting not only carbs but also fat you're going to have lackluster results in the gym you're not going to have the energy because there's it's not coming from anywhere and you want to preserve protein you want that to be spared so he learned that by adding the C8 caprylic acid directly into the body, into the muscle, it's a great way to, you know, have working energy in the muscles to get you through hard workouts in a depleted state and a low carb state and a lower fat state. And if you're trying to put on tons of mass, I mean, he had some IFBB pros working him, like freaking 300 pound monsters that need a lot of calories. And there's a great way to supplement their daily diet, even in a gain phase. And I, and I love it in both in gain and cut. I don't take it out until like four weeks out. So, you know, I'm, I'm using this shit year round. So it, it's a wonderful thing. And, and, you know, for the, for the geeks out there that are like, you know, looking down their noses at me being all superior, you know, there's enough, there is definitely enough uh, peer-reviewed studies to support these findings. The references are out there. The various studies have shown that when you know lipids like MCT oil are used in place of carbohydrates, body fat stores become lower and fewer carbohydrates are converted into fat, even in the presence of insulin. Now we talked about insulin, right? I mean, insulin is an anabolic hormone. That's why all you, you know, never insulin people like the keto Kenny purist types, you do need some insulin, but we can bring it in timed correctly and in smaller amounts uh, in times when it's most needed to help you with the anabolic effect. Because insulin is an anabolic hormone, which is released from the pancreas in response to an increase in blood sugar. Insulin causes the cells to absorb glucose and amino acids, thereby stimulating growth. Now, unfortunately, what we've learned is insulin also causes fat cells to absorb glucose and fatty acids, you know, stimulating fat storage. Not a good thing. Ass fat. We don't want ass fat. We're anti-ass fat around here. So fat storage enzymes are less active when uh, these lipids, these MCT lipids are added to the diet, even under conditions of insulin stimulation. So, you know, it's a, it's a win-win. So when you reduce carbs, you in turn reduce insulin. We know this. And remember, excess insulin does promote fat storage. It does. Sorry to break the news to you. That's just you know common science. Um, and also uh, activates what's called the carnitine shuttle. And the carnitine shuttle is a transport system which moves fatty acids inside my um, uh, the uh, mitochondria, the furnace cells, where you know food and you know, energy goes to be burned away. You know, it's the little furnaces inside the muscle. The body is then able to shift into fat burning mode. Glucagon, another hormone also produced by the pancreas alongside of insulin, uh, that's produced, but with the opposite actions of insulin. It's kind of its, its opposite, okay? Uh, after you eat a big carbohydrate meal, your body releases insulin, which causes cells to absorb glucose at a rapid rate. Some of the glucose is used for energy, good thing and the excess is stored as glycogen, also a good thing. But any beyond that is quickly and very efficiently stored as fat. But the problem with that is, 
the body as being a dominant glucose burner, like we talked about before, you know, the, the, the craving mechanism for carbohydrate is much greater than it is for fat and protein, especially protein. Protein has very little uh, craving uh, output. Uh, as the blood glucose level goes down, the insulin level goes down too. And after your cells run out of glucose, glucagon is released as a signal to begin burning fat. So when you're not in that heavy insulin state, then glucagon is released as a response and the fat burning mechanism goes into motion. So that's a good thing. Um, the problem with typical low carb diets is that you don't have much energy, especially if you've dropped fat uh, in a cut. And your, and your metabolism will literally slow down to a degree because you're not consuming enough calories. Sorry, remember, calories still matter, Keto Kenny. Just shut up and go away, okay? I'm, I'm talking, all right? So, you know, uh, like I said, you know, it, it, trying to walk through this without getting a little too <laughs> carried away. So the problem with the typical low-carb diets is that you don't have much energy and your metabolism slows down because you're not consuming enough calories, okay? Basic stuff you're really not consuming any fuels that your body likes to use for energy, especially if you're not well adapted or if your fat is too low, okay? Um, and with a low carb strategy, you use MCT oil in place of those starchy carbs and the result, uh, resu and you know, this results in decreased insulin production, you know, like we talked about, and an increased glucagon release. So the calories from MCT oil also provide energy uh, to keep you training hard. It supplies an instant, you know, shuttle effect into the working muscles via the, the mitochondria to provide that rocket fuel energy needed. Plus, it also stimulates ketone production really quickly and efficiently. Okay, so it's MCT, especially C8 MCT oil is a phenomenal hack to give yourself working energy within the muscle that has almost zero likelihood to spill over into fat stores, especially if you're in a caloric deficit and definitely if you're in a low carb environment. So I don't worry about MCT oil even on a gain phase because even my gain phase is relatively low in carbohydrate. And that, uh, that medium chain triglyceride oil is just going to bypass a lot of that and go right into my muscle because of its molecular structure. You know, it, it bypasses the, the fat, you know, storing mode and goes directly into the muscle to be burned away as instant energy. So, you know, uh, if you're not using carbohydrates around your, your, your uh, training like I do, then, you know, adding a tablespoon of C8 MCT oil with some coffee 15 minutes before you train might be the ultimate pre-workout. You know, it, it's phenomenal. But I will put a tablespoon in my morning shake. I'll put a, a tablespoon in one of my morning coffees. And then, uh, you know, you could even take some, it's odorless and tasteless. It's stable at room temperature. You can just leave it on your damn kitchen shelf. It's not gonna go anywhere. Uh, it has a, you know, shelf life of like nine millennia. So you don't have to worry about it going bad. And uh, you, you can even spoon a little bit over your vegetables. You can spoon a little bit over uh, your chicken or steak or whatever. It doesn't have a flavor. Uh, it actually richens up my protein shakes, makes them even taste better. It doesn't add a flavor, but just that oil. I, I, I look at it like this. If you're making brownies, <laughs> here's the guy talking about brownies on a freaking keto show. Uh, if you're making brownies, you know, why do you think you're supposed to add oil? 
to the brownie mix. It makes it moist and rich, right? So when you'll notice that if you have like a chocolate protein powder, which I love, I'm currently using this, the cocoa pebbles, uh, you know, dimatize ISO 100 way. Um, if I put a tablespoon of C8 MCT oil into two scoops of the cocoa pebbles chocolate protein powder, it gives it a richness that it doesn't have by itself. And I absolutely love it. It's like a treat. It's like I'm not even not it's like I'm not even trying. You know, it's 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 a wonderful thing. So that's why I've always said if you're talking top five supplements of all time, MCT oil has always been there. It's never not been on my list. It was on my list in, two, in 1994. It was on my list in 1998. It was on my list in 2005. And it is on my list in 2021. Okay, so I highly recommend it. And again, you wanna look for the C8 version of, uh, of MCT oil because that is going to give you that direct energy boost that you're looking for, especially to fuel hard training. It's gonna help uh, get those excess calories that are tough to obtain through diet alone, especially if you're trying to go through a caloric surplus. So there you go, all right? So, woo, 48 minutes in, we've covered some cool shit. We've walked you through what my typical gain phase looks like. We've given you the greatest piece of hack advice I could possibly give you to get those much needed nourishing, energy producing, mass building calories in by adding the MCT oil throughout the day. And like I said, just, you know, three tablespoons is nearly 400 calories. And, you know, back in the 90s, I was around a lot of IFBB pros. Uh, you know, I was around a lot of big boys. And I knew bodybuilders and powerlifters that were doing a tablespoon every single meal. And some of these guys were eating seven times a day. So they were taking in, you know, seven, you know, tablespoons of MCT oil a day. Well, you know, you're looking at a thousand calories right there, you know, nearly 910 calories. So now here's my one little disclaimer about MCT oil. If you've never t taken it, or if you have a sensitive, you know, digestive tract, if you're this type that's sensitive to things, if you've never taken it before, it can tend to make you give you some upset stomach, some 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 gastric issues. So if you're that type, you start small. You start with maybe a teaspoon once a day and see how that reacts, and then work up to a tablespoon. And then, like me at this point, I can literally do shots of it. And it's not going to affect me. It's not going to make me sick. It's not going to upset upset my stomach. Um, I can just hammer it all day long, and I'm fine. I and mean, I could tomahawk a damn bottle and chug chug a lug some of it, and I'll be fine. I'll probably be through the roof the rest of the night, but I'll be fine. Um, so that's that's a little word of warning. And uh, for some, it can make you go potty, <laughs> but uh, that's rare, I think. And uh, uh, so don't worry about that. But um, yeah, I just want to give you that. You know nothing's perfect and and you know some people have a little bit of gi issues with it so take that to heart okay so what have we been through i'm gonna compete again unless the world falls apart or aliens come or jesus comes or whoever i'm gonna do nationals that's the goal so i'm jumping into hard training i'm jump, jumping into a caloric surplus gain phase nutrition plan 
One of the things that really helps me do that is MCT oil. So what does the diet look like? I kind of alluded to it earlier. The thing about bodybuilding, physique competition, or really anything that you're trying to reach a physique goal, you better get used to the terms bland, repetitive, and boring to to a degree, to a degree. Although I will tell you, like, you know, back in the 90s, supplements back in the 90s were god awful. They were freaking terrible. Okay. I, I used, you know, uh, powders back in the 90s that, you know, when you mixed it up, you couldn't drink it fast enough because the powder would sink to the bottom of the glass or the shaker or whatever. And you'd literally have to eat the rest of it with a spoon. You know, the, the protein powders and, 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 you know, concoctions and weight gainer concoctions back in the day at, at best tasted like a combination between gasoline and sand. Okay. But we, we drank that shit anyway, because, you know, we thought it was going to make us look like the pros and some of it was great and beneficial and it helped. And some of it was a complete waste of money. But, uh, you know, at least now supplementation has really taken a turn and technology has improved. So now I'm never choking down something I don't enjoy. Now I may be bored with it. You know, I mean, even I get bored with eating another steak. Cause I go, boo hoo, you have to eat another steak and cry me a river. Right. But you know, sometimes even like I'll, I'll even like say no to the steak and go have some chicken. I might say no to the chicken and have some fish. I may say no to that. And just eat, even if it's four o'clock in the afternoon, I might go back to eggs. So, but, but that's your mainstays though. I mean, it's about discipline and repetition and repetition is the mother of skill. I, I say this all the time. So get used to eating about the same, you know, six or seven foods over and over again, you know, and you know, like if I eat vegetables, it's usually asparagus or broccoli or cauliflower or something like that. And I'll drizzle a little bit of healthy oils on top of it, a little sea salt and pepper, and I'm good to go. You know, there's, there's nothing extravagant about contest prep nutrition or nutrition for anybody who's trying to make a huge wholesale change to take their body to a completely another level. Okay. So please get that into your head. Please get that into your head. And, and when I, when I sit down with my buddy Melvin and we sit around, we're we're literally just going to talk about some of the old days. And then we're going to talk about the current state of bodybuilding today. And since we both do training, we're going to talk about challenges with clients and stuff. We've already kind of loosely agreed that, you know, and I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way. I, I don't, I, like I said, I, I tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, but what surprises me these days. And, I, and again, I don't mean to come across as that guy that's sitting on his lawn with a shotgun that screams at the kids get off my lawn is just, you know, bitter old man, but always reminiscing about the old days. But in the bodybuilding culture, I'm, I'm kind of always reminiscing about the old days because it, it, it just seemed like the discipline was greater back then. It seemed like the physiques were harder back then because I think people trained harder. They relied more on hard training to get results. They relied more on hard dietary compliance to get results. Um, you know, they didn't have the technology back then. It wasn't all about freaking drugs. You know, I mean, it was a different era. And, and the thing that I noticed now, because I've been training for so long, is that discipline is is hard to come by it just shocks me how people will come to me and almost like i'll do anything they say 
to get this body. I'll do anything to get lean. I'll do anything to get jacked. I'll do anything to get to the level to get on stage and, and, and complete that bucket list, you know, goal. And then two fucking weeks in, they're bitching and moaning because they can't eat that or they can't eat it's too hard. Or this, I'm hungry. I'm like, no, well, no shit. What'd you expect? I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah, it's hard. Can I tell you how many freaking days I went to sleep starving, but I had a goal and I knew it was discipline that's going to get me there. You go back to our hunter-gatherer ancestors, some days they didn't eat. Why? Because they couldn't catch anything. And I would bet you if I was a fly on a wall 2,000 years ago, Grok the caveman probably occasionally turned down the wooden plate full of crickets and hay and said, I need some fatty meat. I'll just wait till tomorrow and went to bed freaking hungry. We've got it so cushy and so easy. I mean, I'm asking you to eat repetitively of steak, chicken, turkey, eggs, you know, fish, green leafy vegetables, healthy oils, salt and pepper, spices, chocolate rich yummy protein shakes you know you can have like a coke zero or something or a diet coke or something like that on occasion i mean jesus i don't want to hear it if you got a goal and you come to me and you mention that goal and you're not willing to put in the work and you're not willing to suffer i got no sympathy for you now if if you are suffering i will you know either virtually or in person we'll talk through it And I'll say, yeah, it sucks. Or maybe try this or maybe try this. Hey, I learned this little tip over the years. I tried this trick. But at the end of the day, you got to stay the course. You'll get through it, pumpkin. I promise you'll live to fight another day. I haven't lost anybody yet. Okay, so understand. Wow, this went way off the rails, but it, it always ends up coming back to discipline anyway. I mean, doesn't it really? I mean, the technology of getting lean or muscular or built or jacked, it's not complicated. And I think one of the differences between me and so many people out there, I'm not lying to you and saying, oh, I've got this unbelievable program that nobody's ever seen before that's going to do things that nobody can imagine. And it's just, it's proprietary and it's exclusive to me. Words like that is somebody just trying to take your money. What I'm telling you to do involves really real food you can have a couple shakes real food try some mct oil it's a nice way to help but ultimately it's about food and lifting heavy shit and suffering a little bit going without here and there in order to complete a goal that's bigger than you and if you do it right and you and you achieve the top of that mountain which for some it's standing on a stage or hiring that photographer six months down the road or knowing you're going to be at this, you know, epic event that requires you to look head turning badass, then, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks getting there, but Hey, dust yourself off, put in the work and freaking get there and stop crying about it. You know, it takes work. And again, I'm going to help you any way I possibly can. But I'm not going to say fuck it and throw in the towel and you, we're not going to sit Indian style on the floor and bust open a freaking box of Oreos. 
and share our thoughts and feelings. Okay. I went, <laughs> went way too far on that one, but, but I think you get my point. So we talked about hard training, food, and the point I was trying to make is, is it doesn't have to be complex or difficult. It's not about the technology. It's not necessarily even about the, the plan. It's about compliance. It's about follow through. And I think one of the most valuable things now, like my full training that I do, people are getting workouts and that's a lot of work. And I, there's a lot of thought put into that. And that's a very valuable service. But for my people just doing my nutrition plan, where I set their macros and their calories and let them track on my app and do picture updates and track their body stats and all that. I truly think the most valuable resource of that, once I get their macros set, is the ability to go back and forth with me online. If you got a question, you can ask and I'll answer it. I mean, that's invaluable. When, I, when I'm doing a contest prep, if I know I've got this guy or this gal that is only a text or a, or a message away and they've been doing this shit for 30 years and they've done this and they've done that and they've seen it all and done it all. And I know they're just a few pecks of a keyboard away from maybe getting a very valuable answer or at least some sort of motivation that gets me either back in the game or keeps me in the game. Man, that's like worth its weight in gold. Accountability is worth its weight in gold. So, you know, it's about perseverance. It's not about the program, you know? It's not rocket science, but, but the human will, the human spirit, the human mind, the human psyche of going through this day by day by day. You know, a lot of athletes, they, they got to go to practice. They're going to have a game once a week or whatever, or every other day. And then they kind of go back to being their normal selves, trying to eat good if they can. But in the world of, I'm going to use this as just as a broad generalization term, in the world of bodybuilding, you're always on. You're always on. Every meal. Rest is critical. Don't drink alcohol in excess. Don't eat the shit. Don't do that. Don't miss workouts. Give it everything you got. Kill yourself. It never stops from the time you wake until the time you lay your head on the pillow. You're on. So you better have a special kind of drive. And nobody's perfect. And that drive is going to wane once in a while. But your ability to say, fuck you, get right back on the horse, that's the key. And I know you can do it. You know why? Because I've seen hundreds of people do it. And nowadays, I've been doing this long enough for when somebody messages me and says, I can't do this anymore. Cancel my membership. I'm like, all right. It's not for everybody. Bye-bye. If you ever need any help in the future, I'm still here. But I'm not going to try to talk anybody out of discipline. Because if you just don't have it in the head to push yourself through what the body needs, you've already failed. And that failure isn't permanent. Some people just aren't ready. But when you're ready, let me know. And I will lock arms with you and I will walk through fucking fire with you. But you better be ready to give it everything you got to. Okay? Training. Right now I'm doing a four-day split in a gain phase. Four-day split. There is somebody out there that needs to hear this again. Recovery, 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 recovery. You would think, and I probably have clients that think this still, you would think, oh, he's going to compete at a national level. This is a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Why is he working out five, six days a week? Because more is not better. Did you not hear the last episode? 
or did you just block that out? Stimulate in the gym and then let it rest, let it grow. We do back and biceps on Monday, super freaking hard. We'll do shoulders on Tuesday, super freaking hard. We will do legs on Wednesday, super freaking hard. We take Thursday off because by the time I get to Thursday, my body is done. It needs a day off. And I'm still compensating from the work that I did on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we go into Friday doing chest and triceps. And then I take the entire weekend off. What am I doing still? I'm at that point maybe overcompensating for maybe Monday and Tuesday, still maybe compensating, you know, for, uh, you know, Wednesday and Friday. And then hopefully by the time I come back around the following week, I've completely repaired and then overcompensated, i.e. grown, packed a little dirt on top for every muscle group leading into the following week. And unlike some people, if I were to come into Monday and my brain just says, I'm not feeling it today. And I'm being honest, I'm not being lazy. My, my, if I, I know when my body says, dude, you're fried. It might not be a good idea today. Then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call my workout partners and say, no, not today. Let's do it tomorrow. And then we'll just push the entire schedule ahead today. Because that's gonna do better for me than if I just did it and I didn't, and I wasn't my best. I wasn't able to give it 100%. So our workouts are, are under an hour, and that's with four guys. If I was by myself, you're looking at 30 minutes max. I'm gonna give it everything I have, and I'm gonna walk away, and I'm gonna let it grow. I'm gonna feed it and let it grow. That's the formula. You know, I get up at 3.30 every morning. I feel sorry for my wife. She, she lives a normal schedule for the mom. I mean, she's extremely busy, watches my grandson, homeschools my daughter takes care of the business on the back end, manages everything that goes along with a house. And, but at the same time, you know, she's not up at 3.30 like I am. So when 7.30 rolls around and I'm getting ready to go to bed, I have to, because I know my body cannot operate at the level that is required of it on anything less than that. If I went to bed at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, I'm not the same human being when that alarm goes off at 3.30. And I always wanna be able to give everything I can to my clients everything I can to my training, everything I can to my family, and be able to reset and do it again and recover and get ready for the next day that I'm marching into war. All right? So, no startling revelations in this episode. This is what I do, and it's what you should do if you're marching into the world of competition or major serious life event goal, that's inside of a year that you're ready to do, ready to embark on, and you wanna do it with the phenomenal benefits of a primal ketogenic style nutrition program. It can be done. Watch me. I will get back up to my normal 230 pounds. I will work my freaking ass off like I always do, and I will put the best package that I am capable of on stage sometime in the next eight or nine months, and I'll know I left nothing behind. I left no stone, stone unturned. I didn't quit. I didn't cop out. I, I didn't, you know, nothing was left behind. And I know you can say that about yourself too. So this is what I do, okay? So I'm not sure, you know, I'm gonna do another podcast next week. 
I'm either going to have my buddy Melvin on because his schedule is crazy like mine. So if I can nail him down, we're going to get together and talk about cool shit. You never know that one. You, no telling what that one's going to get. That, that, Lord knows what we're going to talk about. We've got <laughs> nearly 30 years of history together in this world. So that should be fun. And he's a funny guy. So you'll like that. Or it's just going to be a continuation of the most important things that I'm doing just embarking on a near year long contest prep for that level. So you can come along with me and I promise I will continue to give you things that, that aren't necessarily for the competitive bodybuilder, but things that you can use for your own routine, your own program, your own goals that translates and kind of can appeal a little bit to everybody that is living the extreme physique culture because that's what we are, right? Okay. A little over an hour. I didn't want to go too long today. I, I think that covers it. I think that gives you enough meat that you can use to maybe uh, make this fall training, you know, block beneficial for you. So then I'm really looking forward to the next, you know, near four months of hard training and dieting. Beauty of all this is I'm not doing any fall shows this year. So I can eat a little at Christmas and I can eat a little on Thanksgiving and I can eat a little on Halloween. But apart from those three holidays, it's still clean excess calories, clean excess calories, no dirty bulks. I don't do that shit. You know, I'm still have an occasional cheat, but I know when the time is right for that too. And it will never be an excess. So anyway, so that's what I got today. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't a thank you all. We're at five star rating on iTunes. Reviews are coming in downloads are pouring in. It's been very, very well received. I can't thank you all enough. I am so humbled and so honored by the outpouring of support that I've gotten from this little podcast and only now three episodes in, and I can't even begin to tell you how much it means to me. So by telling a friend or forwarding an episode to a friend, hitting the follow button or the subscribe button or leaving a review, I can't even begin to tell you how much I appreciate that. So please do that. And how do I pay the bills around here? Well, you know, this I, I've been a professional trainer for the better part of my life. And if you go to robgoodwin.com, R-O-B-G-O-O-D-W-I-N.com, it's uh, all my coaching is on there. I do complete online coaching, training, nutrition, cardio, all of it. I do a nutrition only coaching plan where I will set all your macros, your caloric ceiling, give you all the tools necess necessary to su succeed through a gain or a cut. And that is only 59 bucks a month and you can cancel at any time. And then I have this really cool membership called In the Trenches. You'll see that on the website too. That is literally $7 a month and you get every workout I do. So as I'm going through this contest prep, when I do a workout the next day or so, I will put that workout on the website and you will have a special password. You can gain access and you will have access to over 200 workouts that are already on there. And then every workout that I do from here on out, including every workout that I do through prep to do nationals. So it's pretty cool. It's only seven bucks. So literally, you know, pennies a day as they say, and you can cancel that anytime. So you can go through a couple months of training and, you know, get out of what you can and cancel. Or, you know, I've got some people who have been with me every month since we kicked the whole thing off, you know, a year or so ago. So it's, I really appreciate that. And that membership really does pay the bills. Uh, it's not a lot of money, but it's, it gives me the ability to 
pay for things like these podcasts and web hosting and, you know, the gear that's involved and, you know, you know, just kind of paying the bills around here. So I really, really appreciate your support. And I will intend, you know, my goal is to keep giving you great uh, content and resources and provide you with as much value as I possibly can. So check it out, robgoodwin.com. Appreciate your support with the podcast. And uh, I'm going to be going on a camping trip next week, the last one of the year, sadly. We love to camp. So I might not get one up next week. Today is the 4th of September. So I may not get one up next week, but I plan to record the Monday, maybe even the Sunday morning, after I return from camping. So, and then you're going to get these on a week, week basis, week to week basis. So hang in there again. Thank you for your support. Reach out to me. I'm very easy to find. You can message me in the Facebook group. You can uh, message me through the website. Let me know if you need anything, if there's anything I can do to help you. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at the real Rob Goodwin. I'm also on Facebook and uh, you can find me there. And uh, of course, the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group. So until next time, train hard, eat big, and God bless you. Peace, guys.